0: Hi, and welcome to the ninth episode of Idea Farm. This is Benjamin Light, and my co-host today is Cal Simpson. And uh, he's back, better than ever. Um, If you liked our episode uh, that featured uh, Mr. Jesse, um, this one is going to be a tad longer. This is a Ben and Cal special where we kind of... uh, go through a ton of ideas we hadn't talked to each other in a while um and i kind of had just intended it to be kind of a catch-up thing but i thought there was a lot of good um topics that were brought up uh to think about and some ideas that were shared so um if you don't mind meandering conversations that will um force your thoughts on some things let's see what was brought up One of the things I think was like looking at society and and families and then also as an educator with certain beliefs about school systems and then putting your child in that. Um, So we talked about that for a little bit. Uh, There were some talks about adult development. I think both of us were kind of taking that opportunity throughout the conversation to kind of talk about things. Maybe the first time we talked about it, trying to kind of construct some different arguments and ideas that we've been having. And that's kind of what Idea Farm is all about as well. So it's that uh, farming of ideas uh, and seeing what's out there. Um, So it's about an hour and 47 minutes or so. Um, So, you know, pop some popcorn. Make it an event. Get a bottle of wine. uh, Listen with other people. Talk about things. Be good stuff. Um, But anywho, um, and if any of the topics you find interesting or you want to talk about the podcast, I do encourage you, um to check out the website ideafarm.education and sign up for the learning community Uh, as of now um, it's something that we pay for um there's no cost to join as a member at this point i think maybe in the future if that might be something worthwhile to think about that would happen but i do want you to consider if your vehicle for information and for talking in a professional manner with other other educators is Twitter or Facebook. Uh, they are using you um, to make profit for themselves, um, and they are taking your data and they are, you know, collecting things about you and selling it to other people to advertise to you. And with the platform that we use, we pay for it. We get a huge education discount, so it's not. It's a minimal cost, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, And so while you wouldn't be paying for anything to sign up now, uh, we wouldn't be looking at data or collecting anything like that. Um, So think about that. And if you want, if you're looking for a place where there's serious professional teachers talking about serious professional things, go over to ideafarm.education, sign up, uh, check it out. Um, See if you like it. You got nothing to lose. All right. Well, sit back, relax. Or maybe not relax maybe you know get your think on and uh, we'll see you later
1: good morning sir good morning Let's see how much battery i've got i'm gonna move oh yeah i'm good good to see you good to see you,
0: what you been up thing.
1: To? oh man uh, awesome yeah just getting ready uh i've had a huge break like i've been out of school for a year <laughs> <laughs> we're still not back yet which is awesome and then okay. um uh i've got to go back next week and I'm having a baby soon? Yeah.
0: When's the due date?
1: Ah, uh, the end of January twenty twenty something. But we just haven't paid that much attention to it because okay, it's just going to come whenever. Right. You know about yeah. the about the yeah. time when it's going to be here.
0: Cool. Joaquin's is the twenty fifth, so maybe okay. they'll be uh, birthday buddies or yeah. gals. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then, but you got a week out. A week you got out right before Christmas,
1: right? Like you had you worked yeah. that week. The nineteenth. So, yeah. I've had about a month off. Yes, yeah. can't find that in many jobs unless you <laughs> no. unless you're working for yourself or something. And even then, yeah.
0: even then you can't do it because then you're not making money. Yeah, because I know my with my dad. I mean, he ran his own doctor's office. He never t- he took two weeks off a year. That was that's it. all. Yeah, and then he would do half days on Wednesdays, but that and that was it. That was like clockwork.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Your dad was, was a, a was a physician. Yes, he was. He's been retired like 15 years now, I think. Something like that.
1: Have you ever talked to him about all that work he did? Like, I mean, I'm sure when you're a doctor, you do it out of a sense of purpose, right? Like a, a yeah. helping.
0: Well, what was interesting is he tried to do, he actually got a huge scholarship to go to his college through Crest, like he won a national scholarship um and then after he graduated with his medical degree he went into research and (laughs) he thought that was super boring so then because he wanted to i guess help people more Mm -hmm. um so then he got out and he got very lucky they just moved down south and he found a practice that he could just he purchased the whole practice and then he he, so he was very fortunate that way Mm -hmm. and he just he liked what he did so you know but he doesn't miss it (laughs) no he's very happy being retired really yeah because i always worried i thought he was one of those guys that like loved his job and identified as you know that person and it was going to be really hard for him to retire and it was i don't know if anyone's had an easier time doing it <laughs> That's <laughs> he's like i don't have to be on call and i don't have to worry about anything and all my kids are healthy and
1: i have money and like you know what, what else do you want yeah so yeah that's you're talking about like um I wonder if, if no matter what job you have, if you'll end up getting tired of it. Cause like that's kind of where I am now in this yeah. phase. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I want to, I question how much longer I want to teach, you know? Okay. Um, do you have an inkling I'm, of what you'd want to do it instead? No, but I, no. I don't. But I do feel like um, I kind of relate it to self actualization, like, cause it's kind mm-hmm. of an intuitive thing. And I'm not sure that I'd want to even do it forever. It's kind of just, I just feel driven. And I have felt that way even since Columbia to kind of, Eventually, do something like this, but I don't know what. But I feel like I should do something creative.
0: Okay, right, okay.
1: And I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means food or mm-hmm. um, or something beyond. That. I guess I guess I just gravitate towards food because uh, I used to work in food and bev, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much the whole thing. I mean, I'm not going to make movies or something, but I don't <laughs> know. I just be. when I say creative, I almost mean. I mean, even just kind of designing your own business is, is a creative act in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even like my goal is, I think, realistic. Like, I wouldn't even necessarily want to do it forever. I just would want to be able to make enough money to um, just m- month to month as like a sabbatical thing while I'm not teaching. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think that's an important aspect of like the teaching profession that they should probably look into is like the idea of sabbaticals because it is just such a personal job that, you know, I think people it wears on people. It's, so it would be nice not, to just take six months and do something else and then get back to it.
1: And I, th- and I think that's the key too because, th- you know, like it's also such a great job. And mm-hmm. I'm so spoiled now. I mean, I've had so many wonderful opportunities that I'm almost just getting numb to it. Like it's, uh, I'm almost not even appreciating <laughs> right. what I've got, honestly. And, uh, and, yeah. and Sometimes I remember when I started teaching, I was a, a waiter at the time. I just graduated college and mm-hmm. and I was – I just loved, I was – I used to hate going to work as a waiter, and I and I knew that I never wanted to feel that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I and and I just felt like if that ever happened as a teacher, I would eventually leave it. And mm-hmm. I'm not quite there yet by any means, mm-hmm. but but I am starting to wonder what else because I don't know—are we supposed to do the same thing forever and ever? Like, or in the same capacity? Let me put it that way. I guess what's really wearing on me, honestly, is just institutions and mm-hmm. right institutional yeah. culture, and I don't and it, maybe. Maybe there's not a. Um, I feel like I feel like schools are are inhuman or they're not mm-hmm. humanistic. Let me say it that way. Yeah, they are. They are very much based on a factory model, and I don't know how much they really focus on the holistic part of being a person.
0: Right. No. I. I. I've actually I've been thinking a lot about this because we're gonna have some sort of schedules meeting at some point. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm preparing myself. Um. And like I don't I I haven't figured out I haven't read why, but like just the arbitrary number of 180 days that you have to go to school. I mean that that was probably based off the what being farmers or whatever. Uh-huh. And then through that, that it was <laughs> mandated that you had to be like, you know, 730 to 3, right? And so they had all these constrictions. And then all of a sudden you're just trying to fill the day with content. So it looks like you're doing work kind of thing. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Because that's kind of where we've yes, evolved. Totally. We've evolved to kids have to sit there for eight hours and learn, and that's just it's impossible. It's impossible uh-huh. to do that. So it's just it's like this huge imaginary thing that we're doing, which is really weird. <laughs> it's very strange. So because
1: um, like the more I read about the brain, it's just it makes no sense what we do. Like uh-huh. really, almost done. So. Um, that's well. I feel very validated since I've done no reading. I only feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, it's, very, it's, it's intuitive. It is, it's intuitive.
0: Um, you just think about yourself, you know, and you, there's just some, sometimes where you just can't do it cause you just don't have the capacity.
1: And, yeah.
0: And we just plow through that. We're just like, nah, let's do these worksheets and turn this in and grade and all this stuff. So, um, I'm, so it would be interesting though, to look at that eight hour day and create something that is meaningful and beneficial
1: to each person. What are you thinking? What would you do with your with your ideal late hours?
0: Um, I definitely. I think after I, I really want to. Well, okay. Right now, what I'm trying to do in the class because they're 10 or 11, my kids, is it's we do 10 minutes of focused work, and then they get five minutes of what's called diffuse time. And I'm messing around with what that looks like. Sometimes they they just get free where they can just do what they want, like chat with someone. Sometimes I make them be silent just to be still. Um, I try to go through like this brain map map thing like the good brain activities that you can do like what your brain needs every day kind of thing Uh, And then we go back to 10 minutes of working and then five minute break 10 minute working and then uh, after 45 minutes They get 15 minutes to go outside Um, and so I I would like to see something like that. Um Then I I would take away like snack and recess And lunch and just do that as a class when you're hungry
1: (laughs) Right, you you know? make
0: food? What do you mean? Huh? Oh, food? yeah, I mean that would be yeah. odd but like in the institution you would just you would <coughs> have to convince the sir, the food service people To have to be a little bit more flexible and be able like to deliver the food when like the kid needs it and try and Kind of rethink that so I know that would be difficult mm-hmm. But just the idea of having standardized uh, breaks and everything kind of is strange because then you have to have duties and stuff and a whole schedule it just complicates things So if you simplify everything down um i think that makes the most sense and then you have to you can't ignore that after one o'clock everyone is tired Mm -hmm. like you just so that would just be creativity and art and and you know physical activity things like that i wouldn't teach anything after one o'clock like Mm -hmm. see like the focus thing it would just be kind of hanging out (laughs) creation you know kind of being being imaginative and creative and playing and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i would i would have a maximum of four hours of I actually probably maximum of two hours of like strictly focused work and then like, and then you're done. So would you keep subjects? Like, would you have? Uh, the- yeah, probably. So would mix that, them up or something. I don't know. I was
1: going to say with that two hours of focused work, how would you, what do you imagine with that? I, I don't
0: know if it would be interesting to experiment because you would want, I don't know if it makes sense to focus on reading one day and then, writing the next or like you get to kind of choose what you're doing Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know because I I also know too like I'm really getting worried about the whole like direct instruction is like another uh, well like my real big fear right now is like all the research we look at like when we look to see what what is good practice like if we're not being respectful of people's brains aren't we then researching what works on tired brains that really aren't learning so then like all the evidence that we have of good things is just good things to do with tired kids instead of like what's best to do kind of uh-huh. thing. That's kind of my line of thought right now where educational research is built on just an entire
1: house of cards, I guess. So do you not ever, are you not over like just hearing you talk, like I can just feel this, uh, I don't know, kind of an anger that I have because right. this, I mean, you know this and we've known this for a long time and now granted some of these ideas are would push people out of their comfort zone because it's hard but the point that I wanted to get at is what if people just don't change at all what if the institutions just don't change which is kind of what I feel yeah I I mean that's when
0: I don't know I don't know but um, the thing I've started to read and look at that I've kind of known something about was the adult development have you ever I mean dived into that no Um, so we go with there's four stages to adulthood development and it has nothing to do with age So you can be 85 years old and still be in the first stage of development Mm -hmm. Um, which is a very selfish stage and it's just what I want and others don't really matter that much um, they kind of get in your way and um, you'll follow rule rule you think everyone like dictates your emotions like uh, someone did something that made you angry. Like you don't take credit ownership over anything. It's all everyone else's fault uh-huh. kind of thing. And then the second stage is, then that's called self-sovereign. And then the second stage is self, or no, it's, uh, oh God, I can never remember the stupid names. You start to, to belong to groups and you start to think as a group mm-hmm. and you kind of lose your own voice. And so you just think as, like, it's you're your more ideo- ideological. I guess, um, and it's all about the group, and you're extremely empathetic, uh, mo- more so that you just follow the group. You don't do anything against it, um, and that's where most like it's eighteen percent of the people are in the first stage of adults, and then it's like forty something percent are in the second, and then the third one is you. It's called self-authoring, and so you you kind of take all the pieces. Okay. And then, like, one of the problems with self uh, when you're in the the group stage is that if you belong to (laughs) two two different groups and they disagree, then you're stuck. You have no idea what to do because you follow the group. And so Mm -hmm. uh, they're the ones that are making the decisions for you. And so Mm -hmm. if you see a a break in that, it's very hard for people to do anything. Um, And so then from there, you go into self-authoring, which is making up your own mind about things, taking all the pieces that you see and start to internalize them and use the ones that you think work best for you to get a kind of a philosophical view of the world mm-hmm. so that you can kind of make your own decisions and you start owning things. It's like it's like your work and it's your responsibility and it's kind of your fault if things screw up. Mm-hmm. And that's like another 30%. And then 1% of adults get into the self transforming. Um, and that's where you kind of see everything is connected. Um, And you lose you see just gray everywhere because like the first two stages. It's just black and white It's either yes or no. It's right or wrong. They think things are very simple Um, They don't see complexity you bring up complexity and they get very angry and very agitated and they don't know what to do with it Mm Because they just they can't process it Um, but in that fourth the self-transforming then you see you kind of lose the illusion that you know what you're doing and that your your principles and priorities are correct and you see that really anything can be right you just have to listen to people and understand perspectives and kind of it's knowledge and wisdom and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's like 1% of of, of adults. And I, and I I kind of, I wonder if, because at some point when I read the book and study it more, I want to present this to leadership. But I wonder if like all the leaders would be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in that 1% of self-transfer, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Where most, <laughs> well, ha- half of them are most likely going to be in the second stage. Some of them might be in the first stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess try, trying to connect to the point of the institution is If you have if if your institution does not allow for does not acknowledge that adults can change or that they need to change or that it's really not their fault, the way they act, just like with kids, it's not really their fault. I mean, this is just who they are right now and we need to help them. And it's just the same with adults. Adults need to develop. It's not like they just automatically become something. and so if we can take the time to do that and we can transform adults and move them along the line then I think the institution then transforms but if you take no time to try and transform the adults within the institution then there's no chance that the institution can do anything mm-hmm. And I think too if you look at the system of you I don't think you can change this like you can't totally get rid of the system and change it you have to kind of look within that eight hour day like I don't I say I, you know if it's an eight-hour day, it's an eight-hour day. I understand that you probably couldn't change that right now, because that would be huge on families and people working. Like I'm aware of that. So it's like, what can you do with that eight-hour day that's the most beneficial? And I think if if we can get people on board with this idea that if you work all day, you're really not learning. Like, and it's much better for your child to play and take breaks and it's like, it's okay. And we can kind of get past that uncomfortableness of not doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, um, and kind of make school a place where kids can disconnect from th- their outside world. Like if, if they're not being brain healthy out there, then I think I think the institution can become something a little bit better.
1: Yeah. But, um, so do you, like with that eight hour day, so I mean, you, so you, you accept, and it's not even worth arguing with them based on what you're saying that that the eight hour day is essentially because we, we do have to have them in our um, in our like, what's the I forget the word? But anyway, we, we have to watch them. Their parents are at work yes. and they have to be there.
0: Right. Yeah. Unless until jobs work. And I think that's something that our jobs change, like if jobs change, which they are, it seems like, then maybe that changes, too. But until people are home, like if they're out of their house that, that their kids have to be cared for And so yeah. at some point we made the decision that a bunch of strangers were gonna
1: take care of our kids <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's you know, it's, <laughs> so it's we like could make whole, money and survive There's a whole lot of things wrapped up in this right because it's also yeah. It's the whole social fabric because then it you know, yeah. this is like my existential crisis at the moment It's like so why have a child if you're gonna not even see that like I see people's kids more than they do, right? Oh, right? it's awful.
0: It's awful, Kel <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's and it may, and I'm just like what are we doing what is yeah. a you know what are we doing and I don't want to do that like I am radical I want to be radical enough to do something really different yeah and I'm starting to feel like maybe I felt like as this for a long time but what I was about to say is that the um, I have so many thoughts rush my mind at once I, I forgot what I was what I was trying to tell you because at the same time I was saying that I wanted to say that um, <laughs> it all I can't it'll come, it'll back. There. It'll come back it'll come yeah. back yeah what, what did you, what were you just saying that prompted uh, adult development, institutional change,
0: um, the eight hour day and you can't change that. And if the, yeah, we had I mean, to work, and yeah, so the and then, strangers are taking care of our kids
1: kind of thing. Strangers are taking care of our kids. Oh yeah. Well, I guess this is like how much is the school just a reinforcement of the social standard? I mean, I guess that's exactly mm-hmm. how it manifests isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, well, it it's has not to because it's part of society, right? Well, it's I not mean, a com- well,
1: and it's not a component for change or progress. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. I'm I'm putting this out there as a question. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a, a form of because that's how I'm feeling at the moment. That it's just a way of reinforcing the status quo and and especially working at private schools mm-hmm. with the elite of any country that you go to. Yeah, we're almost certainly doing that.
0: Yeah, but then it's it's. I think it's trying to find people who. Th- I don't know because it's it's exposing kids to bigger ideas because we're able to. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think one if society starts to shift and change and, and, and maybe like I went back to the idea of the adult development, if you can develop adults, then you have people th- that don't see themselves as part of the institution, but as an autonomous being, then I think you can have more s- change. Mm -hmm. you know if if you just have a bunch of people working who only view themselves like just are incapable like they're incapable they only can they either it's either just what they want to do or they're just trying to fit within a group and that groups might be the institution Um, or it's going to be not the institution which might be even worse (laughs) because if it's just they have buddies and friends and they're just in that group and they don't care at all about the institution or the children in the institution and they're not part of that group Mm -hmm. then like i think that's that's a that's the recipe for not great stuff happening
1: yeah yeah i think and one thing i was going to say when i kind of lost my my footing there was Mm. i think my founding myths of a teacher are are being questioned greatly at the moment and that's why i'm like questioning where i go from here because the founding myths being hopefully you're in teaching for all the right reasons right the typical Mm -hmm. things that you hear like you want to help kids you want to you know help improve society. I mean, those were certainly mm-hmm. the myths that drew that, that drew me toward the profession and made me love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, I'm now questioning all of those. Like, I'm wondering if I'm in the place, in the position where I'm actually doing that or am I just going to work now, just like everybody goes to work, just right. to, to get a paycheck essentially.
0: Yeah, I would, uh, one thing I always try to do is, you know, I, I, I'm into like the just asking kids how are things going like and having them write about it mm-hmm. um, Instead of like giving a poll or something about class culture. I just kind of ask open-ended questions and a lot of times um, That's where I get rejuvenated um, Because and then and I do hope and I do think that once if I'm teaching a kid some sort of foundational understanding of themselves then that's something they're not gonna forget um and and some beliefs and everything um so that it's not it's not 100 across the board but i do get a lot of kids that you know they didn't view themselves as as a reader or a writer or you know they didn't identify that at that at all and then by the end they understand that they can learn stuff and that they're able to do things and so hopefully they're able to take that with them and and then and care about themselves and other people and stuff but i mean it's an uphill battle when when you're not sure what else is happening to support them,
1: I guess. And does that have to be done? And is that most effectively done in the setting that you're doing it, which is to say a traditional. Right. Well, again, like
0: I think, and again, I think that there's (laughs) things like uh, the other day. I was talking to Diana, my wife about. um, I was thinking about the hallways, you know, like, do you remember elementary school down in Columbus? It was like these long hallways and it's a grade level per. Mm-hmm. And I was like one change we could do is we could make the hallways multiple ages so you could do like K4 through Fourth probably or K5 through fifth just because of six rooms um, And you could make that a neighborhood and then those uh-huh. kids could just stay in that neighborhood their entire elementary life getting to know all of those kids and, and kind of leveraging that viewpoint and just mixing it up so that's a change I think that makes it that would be a good change and I think that would be interesting and 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 it's like i think it's like changes like that where you're using the structure differently um i think could be very powerful because then it's more like a family and it's more like a group and and Mm -hmm. it's a tribe that and it's multiple ages and people can help each other and then if you can really i would love to see the teachers stay long enough to where like the teachers are the same in that neighborhood and so you can go back if i mean my dream is to take a group through because that's i mean i just know i just keep hitting brick wall after wall after wall going, man, if I'd known this kid for five years, this wouldn't be happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Or I've I'd known the
0: parents for five years. Like what a great relationship that would be instead yeah. of some sanitized one year thing that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could get that group of teachers to stay and that's like a kind of a neighborhood idea. I, I, I like that. I think that there would be some power in that, but I mean that that's, you have to make that change and then wait, you know, five years <laughs> to see if it's effective or not. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Uh They'd rather, most people would rather fail conventionally
1: than succeed unconventionally, Uh which I, that was a good quote I I heard the other day. That's interesting too, because there's something, there's kind of something implicit in what you're saying too, which as a teacher, especially with our culture, I kind of feel weird even saying this, but like so much is focused on being student centered, which I philosophically Mm -hmm. agree with. But there's something within that, that almost suggests that the teacher doesn't matter.
0: Right. Well, yeah. yeah. Which is a human. That's what I'm talking about. Being more right. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah. how can you really have success if you have constant turnover? I don't think you can. You, you can't. <clears throat> um, like I'd be like, I'd, I'd like to be part of a learning community, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, if, if you had, and this is kind of what we've talked about with the barn school concept, mm-hmm. like if money and time were not an option and you could create the experiences that you want for your children, Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would it look like? And I don't have that answer yet. But I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't do the way that I'm educating everyone else's kids. I mean, right. As far as this, like to me, I don't know why this has happened at this point in my career, but the setting has become so important. And I'm yeah, my skin just crawls in the setting of <laughs> this sterile, unhuman right. thing that I don't like. Yeah. like. My class has changed with bells. I mean, you're supposed to clock in when you come to work. It's such Ooh. a factory. Okay paradigm that it's just like what are we doing are you kidding me (laughs) it's very frustrating
0: yeah that's the i I, i've only had one job where i had to clock in
1: (laughs) (laughs) and for for a teacher too that's just so that's offensive to be honest with you because it's like oh okay yeah you're wondering
0: wondering, i think a lot of times like things just start to happen and people don't under like don't think about what it's communicating because that's there's no trust that communicates i have no trust for you as a person. I need to make sure you get here
1: and leave. I, don't, I have no other reason why you would make people right. clock in. A it's trust. Like that was the first thing that right. stood out to me. And the second thing is, so do you think I don't, you think I don't work at home? And is this telling me that when I hit this <laughs> clock? Out button, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done dude. Well, see that yeah,
0: that's another uh, message that they're sending that they're not, they probably don't understand on some level. It's like, yep, you're finished. You're good. You're good to go. You don't have to think about anything or do anything. It's all good.
1: Yeah. And that would be ideal, except for teachers aren't really like that. Right. Teachers, most people teach for deeper reasons, right? Yeah. And they're going to do extra stuff. That's just the way it is. Yeah. It is. Um, but yeah, the setting, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Setting is just so because even, even like my physical space gives me bad feelings. Yep. Yeah. I've, I
0: went through, I went through that same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I cleared so much stuff out of my room. Uh-huh. Like it, there's only, there's like 12 desks and then four tables. Cause so I used to have like 20 something desks and five tables, but I was like, it's just too much. And so I had, I just cleared everything out. Um, and so it feels better. It's not great. Um, yeah. And I always like at the, at the school, it has in elementary, we have great windows. So it's always nice to get that natural light in. I've always find that very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. Just all like, you're right. The spaces are fascinating. Um, But With that too, I'm an experiment. I'm gonna try um, I I read this book about habits Um, It's called atomic habits. It's very good Um, And he talks about how to build habits and how to break them Um, and like compound interest and how if you do small changes it all leads up to this big thing and One what was really cool was this idea that once we start working on something we expect to see a linear growth Mm -hmm. And that's not what happens. It's it's very flat and then it just shoots up uh-huh. and so and so that he calls the area between the what we think and then what actually happens like the valley of disappointment because we 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 think we should be stronger after six months of doing the same thing but we don't get stronger until the 12th month and then we get like super like a really big impact mm-hmm. but we're both we give up before that point because we think we should have, so it's just it's sticking with stuff. It's showing up. It's doing the thing mm-hmm. So anyway, one of the things he says to break a habit is you make it invisible Like cuz cuz what happens is you get a cue So something happens and there's this cue and then you want The thing cuz your dopamine's going crazy in your brain so then you act on it and then you get rewarded so if that's how we create our habits and mm-hmm. the brain loves habits, so it doesn't have to think about it so like the main habit I've seen in class is like a kid sees another kid and they're just compelled to talk like just they have created the habit of talking Um, and so what I'm gonna try and do is create movable like cubicles like really for Mm -hmm. focus time just for the focus not like like Mm -hmm. just so for 10 minutes at a time they can be in their own little world where it's like this cardboard wall that they've built they can decorate it a little bit and have like posters or something on there to help them focus and stuff but -hmm. just so they don't see their friends because if they see I can't blame them like it's it's, I'm out of the blame business. It's not oh. their fault. It's just, that's what they do. So it's like, if, how do I make their friends invisible? Oh, okay, build a, build a little, build a wall. No, build a little, yeah. you know, portable thing that we don't have up the whole time, because then that would be depressing, but that we mm-hmm. take down and put up when we need to focus. Cause I think that's, you, there's times you have to focus so you can learn some sort of thing so mm-hmm. i'm gonna I'm, we're trying to put that into place here in the upcoming weeks
1: mm-hmm. so tell me that one more time so how does the the brain builds to have it you were saying about the dopamine what was that process so you get a there's a cue so
0: but what's interesting is not every cue is the same for people so he was saying like uh you walk by a casino if you like to gamble you hear the sounds yeah and then you hear the sounds like ooh i want i want i get a craving uh-huh. So that's what it was. So it's a cue. It's a craving and then you act on it and then you get a reward um, And so if you go through the four those four items then that becomes a habit uh-huh. um, And what's the had you ever heard about the experiment they did where they blocked dopamine in rats? Did you ever hear of this one?
1: Well keep going. Maybe
0: keep um, going. The, They they died. They just they <laughs> sat there. They didn't do anything. No, I've not heard that they didn't eat they didn't have sex they didn't they did nothing they just stayed there and they died of hunger they would eat if you gave them food but they lost the will they didn't want to do anything so dopamine is what triggers us to do anything which is super
1: yeah so that's it it's just <laughs> you just drive me into the darkness here, Ben. <laughs> no, what, what, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That no, wasn't just, my intention. Like, what kind of mechanism are we that if we don't have this, like essentially it's a natural drug and, and it's pleasure-based, and if we don't have that, then we just don't do anything. That's pretty much yeah. it. Like it's but, pretty but simple. You
0: can, but you use it to create <coughs> better habits. Mm-hmm. So, but we have the capacity as humans to make decisions to say, I want to be better. And, and one of the things he says is crucial is you have to identify as that you have to see yourself as as a writer or as a artist or as a you know and once you can or you want to be it's like i want to be this thing then we have the ability to become that we just have to and it's by doing small little things but then doing those over and over and over again and then all of a sudden you're better at it so then and going from there so i mean then that's like that's a cool thing and using the dopamine for you because like with food and stuff he was talking about like you know we, we, it's not like the reason we eat crap is because it's dynamic. It has a, it, our brains like ooh every time it's different. This is fun. Whereas mm-hmm. with kale, you know it's just it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just like eating. And you're like yeah okay great. So any uh, so now I've understand that like anything that is bad for you like our brain loves uh-huh. you know because it's there's something going on. So it's uh-huh. it's 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 been through evolution where you know, we needed it. Like the, now I heard about information. Like we had to have information to survive. Like we needed to know where the food was, where the lion was, mm-hmm. but now we were connected to information. And it's just, we, we have the habit of wanting it, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to block it. And so that's, that's like, it's all, it's, it's understanding your humanness and what your body and brain is doing, I think is mm-hmm. so very important so that you're
1: able to kind of block things and, 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 and change stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. I almost can't even control it man like the other day our internet went out for like two or three days and it's <laughs> the most productive time that i've had <laughs> i'm right. yeah. really i mean yeah. and it's not i mean i right now as i'm talking to you i've got like 10 yeah. pages up on my laptop <laughs> and right. i'm so obsessive that i'll actually try to at least skim each one yeah and i don't know how much i'm even retaining when i like right. i think i'm doing stuff that's beneficial yeah um, yeah even when you're I, reading good stuff it's like what are you retaining exactly. <clears throat> I, w- I wanted to share this this is kind of uh, not a, this is kind of a different direction I just wanted yeah. to mention this because I thought you'd find it interesting You because you made me think of this when you were talking about uh, the dopamine and all that I was listening to a podcast the other day I can't remember the name of it I think you'd dig it uh, mm-hmm. I'll I'll look it up and send it to you in a message but they were talking about how food companies they were just talking about how our brain is constantly under assault like it's mm-hmm. not just you making a choice like we are being pulled in a million directions constantly through yeah. basically is the is the hypothalamus am I thinking of the right word for like the, the reptile core of our brain essentially is that the hypothalamus? Yeah or the and, hypothalamus the, and the amygdala
0: I think the amygdala as well okay. so I think those those work in conjunction.
1: Well basically they were saying this thing's just being attacked constantly yeah. through your sexual drives through your cravings for food and whatnot mm-hmm. and so they were saying that like these focus groups for McDonald's or Snickers or whatever food it happens to be Let's they'll take like a milkshake at McDonald's for example mm-hmm. and they'll bring in a group of people <clears throat> and they'll add X amount of sugar and they'll Mm -hmm. ask the people if they enjoy it and they'll say, yes, they'll increase the amount of sugar. Do you enjoy that? Yes. And Mm -hmm. so they'll go and they'll keep adding sugar each time until they finally get to the point where they say, no, I don't like that. Uh The one just before that is where they sell it to you. Right. It's just a It's just awful. I mean, and it's so convoluted now. Like it's just so overwhelming. Sometimes I think that's just one piece of what our whole society is driven to do this because we are a consumer Buying and selling driven paradigm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So everything oh, yeah. is trying yeah. to get us to continue to do that in in like an addictive manner. Yep. That's why I do it. I'm about to just go buy some land and chill on the Pacific side and just disappear. <laughs> like. I'm not sure that'll be yeah, the best for tapped, kids a
0: Fantastic thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I love. I, I wish that I, I've watched that movie a couple of times actually. Yeah. yeah. You're getting ready, <laughs> getting ready for parenthood. Yeah. But how do do you do something like that, though? Like, sorry to jump there, but since you brought that up, like, that's, like, when I talk about the barn or the farm or Mm -hmm. whatever, it it would be something kind of similar to that, whereas it's a whole integrated learning. Like, when you're talking about building habits, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you feel this way, not that I'm as disciplined as I should be, because I'm certainly not, but I've been through those phases in life where I was trying to get fit, for example, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my whole life hinged on whether or not I could conquer my flesh, so to speak. That's kind of a religious Mm -hmm. way of saying it, but, Mm -hmm. like, my impulse to be lazy and to sit around I had to overcome that and until I can do that on a personal physical level Mm -hmm. I really couldn't apply that to any phase of my life like I was just kind of lying to myself for me it starts with and I think that's one reason and I hate hate not to put words in her mouth but I think that's something that Angela kind of finds with her yoga practice is that that has to be the first thing she does every day because if she can't do that Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. other things get out of line yep and I feel like that—that that concept, like no one ever taught me that in PE. You know what I'm saying? But that concept of of physical well-being and 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 command of your mm-hmm. of your organism, as they say in Spanish, um,
0: yeah.
1: that should be part of our so-called curriculum as well. I mean, that's knowledge yeah. of self beyond anything else, for sure. I mean, and I don't know if I'm right about that. I just have this in my own personal experience. It seems like it starts there. And if I can't if I can't get that part, like my liter- like if I can't get off of this computer when we're done and go run, right. I'm, I'm kind of lying to myself about what I'm gonna mm-hmm. do with the rest of this day
0: hmm yeah but
1: know. then in
0: the book he, he argues that <clears throat> you would you would just need to believe at this point that you want to be the person that gets off and runs and as long oh, as God. you want to be that then you will keep trying at it um, but what happens is we have been we are told what we are and we believe what we are because of the feedback we receive and so we have all of these data points that tell us, oh, I'm lazy and like no one's lazy. It's just, you know, you ha- your body wants to save energy and there's times where you have to overcome that and you do that through s- small little steps. But uh-huh. if you don't understand that and you just believe you're lazy, then you don't get off the hammer mm-hmm. and you don't go and do anything. So I think mm-hmm. you're 100 percent right where we that has to be. A Calling card of education is educating people about themselves and why they do what they do and and you know be I, I try to have the kid. It's so funny. I get such pushback from kids <laughs> These 10 year old kids. I have them because I read this article about like self-control is an illusion. Have you seen that? Do you know this? No, no, no <laughs> like this whole thing that w- it just comes from like uh, religion and stuff and we think it's good and and like, what, yeah, there's a the real concept
1: of self control. What are you saying? The
0: concept of self control, okay. like that, it, and that it's important, and that you can do it. And like, strong, strong people are more. They're just they're more dedicated and disciplined. And that's uh-huh. what they found is like people who have more self control don't surround themselves with temptation. Uh-huh. Like that's that's their key is just through their day they've God. developed habits to to not have temptation. And so that's the illusion. The illusion is because if they had temptation, they would do it. Because that's, that's we're just designed and engineered that way. That's who we are. Mm. And, and, and so it's, it's the ability. So anyway, so one of the things that they talked about where people can have, quote, unquote, more self-control or just understanding is if you do like these three things. One is which is like show gratitude, like having a gratitude journal, um, showing self-compassion. And in the form of like writing your your uh, letter to your future self, kind of like explaining, like be, like forgiving yourself for mistakes, and like you know it's okay that this is what I'm trying to do, and I hope I've done it in the next two weeks. And then the other one is uh, taking pride in accomplishments. So you know, like it's it's okay to be proudful about important things, not like stupid things. So I have yeah. my students do this, and I have a couple who refuse. They, they refuse, which I think is interesting. And I'm like, I really want, and I don't know if they can verbalize really why they don't want to do it. You know, and I, and, and I don't know I don't know like what is causing them to just refuse They wouldn't they refuse to do it this one kid actually was like well I throw my notebooks out at the end of the year I was like oh, well, I don't want you to throw your notebooks out at the, end of the- <laughs> I want you to do important things that you care about and love he's like well No, I'm not gonna do this because maybe it's it is important. And he doesn't want important things to happen in school kind of, You know what? I mean, it's just it's fascinating. It's just, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm every day is deeply fascinating um,
1: So Anyway, you, so uh, should is your role to do you find like do you need to force them to do it or do you encourage them to do it or do you help them i try try to never force
0: i try to check in and like i need i'll probably need to have a one-on-one conversation with that kid to really see what's up and then like if if it's like a big thing then maybe get help with that you know what i mean like who who knows what what is causing it to not want to write down why like why would you not want to write down what you're grateful for like that's, mm-hmm. I think that's interesting, and it mm-hmm. could just be he views himself as someone who doesn't like school and just refuses to do what teachers want him to do, and that could yeah. be
1: that could that could just be it. <clears throat> um As always, I'm going to be all over the place because yeah, 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 that's, I'm, yeah. I'm usually manic when we talk anyway, so <laughs> I'm right. usually manic in life. Because <laughs> uh, you know, something I wanted to say to you earlier to see what you thought about that, and you were saying yeah. that that he doesn't like school, like. Should kids wanting to come to school be a prerequisite for learning to actually take place? And I'm, and I'm going to say that to tell mm-hmm. you that most of my kids don't want to come to school. They mm-hmm. don't like school. And they are mm-hmm. explicit. And I'm, even the so-called good students uh, who I have a good relationship with who will talk to me right. and tell me this, they mm-hmm. almost disdain coming to school. Huh. Do they say yeah. why? Um, well, <clears throat> they – it basically comes down to they feel, and it could be an adolescent thing. I don't know. I'm teaching grade eight, but yeah. they feel controlled and they don't feel that they have voice and they don't feel sometimes that they also feel unjust. They feel like teachers make decisions that are unjust, that are mm-hmm. unfair. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, I think they want more freedom and choice. Yeah.
0: Well, I, yeah, I think, and especially because I mean, unfor- I mean, I don't know what to say unfortunately, but where we find ourselves in society is they have complete and utter choice outside of school. Like they get to watch what they want. They have access to everything that they want and they get it on demand. And then you go to school and you have no voice. So I think that that is hugely important is that you do kids do need to have choice, like just that they're human. Like you want like adults want. It's so funny that Mm -hmm. there's a a lot of like, I guess in their development, some adults just don't see that the kids need to be treated exactly how they want to be treated as an employee. Do you know what I mean? Well, like they, you know, they don't even, they, they, it's a complete, they don't see the the similarities of that at all. They don't see like, I need my break time and I want a nap room. I'm like, what about, <laughs> it's like, yes, I would love a nap room too. Don't the students need naps like more uh-huh. than us anyway. Uh-huh. And it's like not even a thought that the student would need choice and ownership over their time. Cause uh-huh. like I, I give the students breaks, like we go out to recess like a ton. I don't ask them to do anything like but you see a lot of teachers like wanting to control It's like they have to go out and play a group game and they have to do this and they have to do that And so anytime you're even able to give a kid a choice even just to play like we like we were so I I don't know what it is, but we take that away from them even then like we remove that choice Um, and so it's just I think it is it is a huge problem um, in a lot of schools where you're not and that might come from not trusting the kids to do the right thing or whatever um, I don't know
1: and like, like all over the place like one thing I want to say <clears throat> is you can tell that the way that you treat kids at your institution is not un, is not indifferent to how that your admin is gonna treat teachers I mean look for mm-hmm. example look at how our kids feel and and then I'm at a place where you have to clock in to go to right. work. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. not a surprise there No, all this being said and tell me <clears throat> what you think about this because I Don't know. I'm just telling you how I feel. That's all right. right. Yeah I don't know if I want to put my kids in a school system and even saying the word mm. system freaks me out Like I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah Or 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 perhaps let me say it like this if I do I would prefer to have that kid in a very different humanistic style setting Mm -hmm. up to the first eight, nine or 10 years. And then Mm. maybe I'm wrong about that, but I can't imagine me just putting my kid in trying to choose my words. A normal school. A normal school. We'll put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. A normal school.
0: (laughs) It's, it's very hard. And, and uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons we kept Amelia out for a year is like, you know, we could, because she was right at the cutoff date for starting school, so we're like, no, <laughs> wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess one of the reasons, like, I, I do, I would like to try and be part of change. Like to re, if I could actually get institutional change and like be a part of that and understand it to where we can communicate it to others and it kind of catches on, I think that I think for me that's hugely important. Um, and so that's why I'm willing to put my kids in the system, uh-huh. you know, because I'm in it and I'm trying like everything to try and change it. And I also like Diana's, she's moving, she's going to be principal of oh, K4, K4, K5, and first, so that's also you know that's good yeah um so it's you know what what can we do what can we change i think you know that's my hope and if and if worse comes to worse and the system doesn't change then you know i don't know what but something has to give because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just shove them through like if Mm -hmm. it starts to fail it starts to fail and we have to figure something out Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's just not that's not fair Mm -hmm. um to the to the to the most important people in your life like you know but like you said like you brought up earlier it's it's i I've, I've gone through so many crises where i'm like if i'm this good teacher why the hell am i not teaching my own kids during the day uh-huh do you know what I mean? it's, it's offensive <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like i do when they're tired and i'm tired and you know that's that's when i teach them mm-hmm. but like why am i not in charge of their education mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's very strange well, it, and, cause that freaks me out too. And like, I know, you know, normality for me is not the hallmark of, of well-being or where I should go. So, uh-huh. um, like I remember my friend who's a guy that I respect a lot and he was like, man, he, and he just works a blue collar job, you know, and he just says, "All I'm giving all of my energy to a job that I don't care anything about. That's, br- that's brutal. And so when I get home, I've got nothing left. Yeah. Um, well, it's not that I don't have anything left, but my best energy has right. now been expended by the time I get home at four or five mm-hmm. o'clock. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, because these are like deeply religious or spiritual or existential questions. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, why are, mm-hmm. why are we here and why am I choosing to have children and, and what's the future of this and how mm-hmm. I to do this? Like, I mean, these are all important questions, right? And yeah. and even me as a teacher, and, I, you know, I mostly enjoy my work. And even when I come home, I'm wiped out, man. Like. Right. So I'm still, it's like what you're saying, I'm still going to miss those important times with my, with my family. And then if my family is waiting for me when I get home, I don't know. I just, I, I don't have answers yet. I've just got questions. And that actually, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that I'm unsettled and right. and then I'm moving and, and looking for figuring, trying to that's figure proof. out where I go from here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's
0: <clears> true. <throat> um, yeah, it's, it's a strange thing that we've done to ourselves, uh, this society. So... Um, cause that's across the board. Like if you work, you, your best hours are spent away from, if you work and you have a family, then you, that's the, that's the sacrifice you're making.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then what's really sorry, <clears throat> the thing that really drives me nuts now is we've made parenting very, very difficult for the, for a good reason. Like the, the humans that we are wanting to raise now are far beyond the humans that we were raising you know 10 20 30 40 hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. and we've come so we've made parenting super difficult because like the amount of patience and the amount of like it used to just you just smack them right you just yeah like, they, they're out of line you smack them and that's it like and that's super easy like that's you uh-huh. don't need any patience and any brain <laughs> like just you just smack them and job but we've okay let me this is the first time i've really talked about this. okay um and we've we've removed the support of the of the family and the tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because you used to have a lot of support. Like, you just there were people all over the place that were that could help you and um, like take care of the kids. There was also a ton of kids around, and that's one thing I've noticed. Whenever we've hung out with other families, the kids just leave and they mm-hmm. go and play by themselves for hours, uh-huh. and it's awesome because. I think the other thing that we've accidentally done is adults now are way too involved with their kids Mm -hmm. because we've removed everyone else. So Mm -hmm. now you just have these friends of yours that are little and your children and like you get super involved in their life and you make them like think that they're super important, which like they are, but like maybe they're we're making them too important and it's just really bizarre. It's like a very bizarre thing that's happening. Um, And like, I don't know, the weird thing, like, I I don't know. We just, we, we get too, too involved, I think with the, with our kids instead of just letting, like it, it, it should just be, you, you go play with the kids, just go play, have fun, mm-hmm. learn life about life. And then we'll talk later when something happens and, and mm-hmm. I'll spend some other time with you, but I shouldn't spend all the time around my child. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, so it's a weird thing that where we are, um, as, a, as a society.
1: Yeah, just Saul. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I just speak. Correct me anytime because you, you never know when you're offending someone, right? <laughs> These are just my old backwoods impulses. I don't know what you talking about. Right? But um, like in South Carolina now, there's a bill. Uh, there's a guy trying to get a bill passed or a law where it would make it okay. To, and I, I literally just heard this term like one to two weeks before I read this and I'm just like, what uh-huh. are we doing? And the term is free-range parenting. Yes. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm a free-range parent, I believe. Well, that makes me... <laughs> Like, think of the psychology of that. Like, you know, this is—I this, still can't get away from the, when I was like twenty and I believed in the Illuminati. You know, I'm like something's yeah, going on. Because right, like, right. this is like agenda-setting theory, where you're like, "Oh, you mean normality? You right. mean normal yeah. human existence." Good, good now parenting. I've got to put a term on it and call it right. free range free-range parenting. Yes, you do oh my god like yeah that's the stuff that pushes me to just go buy some rainforest yes i'll show you free range i'll show it to you (laughs) just the fact that we even have to have a term for what's just normality now you know like it's embarrassing
0: it should embarrass us as people it should really embarrass our the society
1: and that you need to stipulate that this is legal because in some places they're saying you know oh yeah they call child services and stuff well and what kind of child are you raising like I don't want to dislike my child, and, and no. you're going to make me raise a child that I don't have respect for. You know what I mean? Like right. someone that is, un, you know, not to say that everything was perfect when we were kids, but something. Yeah. I just feel like there's a zeitgeist of fear that's just coming to like a a crescendo, and it's just like, yeah. are we really that less safe than we were when you and I were kids, or are we just so over? Are we so inundated with, it's with the inundation the possibility?
0: Yeah, it's the possibility and there's a that's a that's a brain thing too where as a parent if you're aware of the danger it's very hard to put your child in that danger um and so when you hear about you know that there's a really good book i think i told you about factfulness like you hear a fact or a number and it's just thrown out there and you have no idea what that number means but the news or whoever is telling you that that number means that your child will die kind of thing (laughs) and so Uh then you're like well i don't want my child to die so you know they're not going outside ever you Uh know or i don't want them to get hurt um so you have to look at the other numbers that came before it and kind of like we don't teach anything about statistics really in schools and that's Mm -hmm. like a hugely important like if there's some math you should know it's to understand numbers and what they mean and and understand that if they they tell you that two million one-year-olds died last year which i think is the number to know that yes that's awful but in 1976 it was like 18 million wow. so it's like you know it's like we've we do great things and life is not perfect and we have a long way to go but it sure as hell has it's probably the best it's I think it's the best it's ever been mm-hmm. I mean there, there's certainly things that we need to change but like life I mean and not for everyone I mean that would be it's I think the idea of utopia is fascinating because if everything's good then isn't that going to drive us crazy but anyway mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. um that's a side thing but it's still going pretty well for a lot of people you yeah. know so we've never had this few poor and that's probably one of the reasons plastic is such you know less plastic is great because it's cheap but then it's killing the world mm-hmm. you know so it's all of it it's a it's a but it improves people's lives because they're able to maintain more water and be healthier so it's like where you know where do you draw the line, and and then as these this advanced society that we are, and these rich people, we're trying to tell the poor people, you need to stop, you need to stop making coal, like you need to stop making carbon dioxide and try and get mm-hmm. a better life. You you need to stop because you're you're ruining our precious privileged lives. So please, yeah. poor people, stop what you're doing, and please don't move up the ladder. We just need to end mm-hmm. this so that our
1: ladder, our, our
0: area is safe, and, and we don't have to worry about anything.
1: Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Conservation is, um, a prerogative of, of the wealthy, right? Yeah. yeah. People that can afford, cause I mean, you know, you look at like deforestation in the Amazon and it's easy to demonize those people, but they're usually the poorest people right. that are doing the tree cutting. I mean, yeah, you know, obviously higher up the chain, there's, there's powerful people, but
0: yeah, it's all <laughs> just, it's, everything's connected, you know, it's just, and no, like, and I, And like you, you talk about the Illuminati. I would that would almost be comfort. I think sometimes we, we, we. That's a comfortable idea that someone is actually in control of things, where it's really it's just been evolving without our specific intentions. Mm -hmm. Because there's this thing. Have you heard of entropy before? Yeah. So that's well, like for in in science, it's you know, like your cup of hot tea. Gets cold because the energy is leaving. It's dissipating. It's going somewhere else and it's all chaos kind of uh. So things normally in nature tend towards chaos and destruction unless you <laughs> put an outside energy source into it so like the, you can look at that in life and in humanity and say if you are not focused on something then it will just evolve without your Understanding of it and mm-hmm. most likely it will end in like destruction and chaos mm-hmm. and so I think we live in like that time of I think things are very chaotic Um, YouTube is a complete mess for children. I saw this one TED talk that was super disturbing that I don't know if I talked to you about but like um, You know those kinder eggs? No Uh, Okay, so they're illegal in the States because they have a little toy inside so a kid might choke But it's basically a chocolate egg and you (coughs) open it up and there's a little toy in it So there's these videos of just hands opening up these kinder eggs and then finding the toy and taking it out and parents Oh, that was a, we've replaced other children with technology, right? So mm-hmm. that was kind of I was going to connect that point to my rant earlier. It's like it used to be you just had kids and you play with the kids. But now we've we've shut all of our kids indoors. and There's no kids. So there's still you still want to break as a parent because, you know, it's impo- again, like you shouldn't be involved with your kid all day. So now we've we take the, we took away the other kids and now we just give them a device so that they are silent and still for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so then these kids are watching these videos of people opening up eggs. They're just sitting there like consuming like and then they just watch another one because it's autoplay, mm-hmm. right? They don't have to do anything. We've made it so easy to just sit and consume. Like we have we've created perfect consumers. Like mm-hmm. I think my students are incredible consumers. Mm-hmm. Um like they will just sit and consume um and they want choice with that so they you know that's where i mean in some level academics is consuming but it's not what they're wanting so then that's the that's the tricky part but they will consume whatever like it's they're just they're just they're fanatics
1: about it yeah and what gets what gets so terrifying is i don't think people really because like even i just barely have considered it but i don't think people understand how quickly this is changing like i think i think Mm-hmm. that I can already see the difference in humans, that is to say uh-huh. adolescents in this context. Yeah. With this short amount of time, with constant contact with with information consumption and just yeah. like, you know, mindless scrolling. I swear mm-hmm. I can see the changes already. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is going to change so fast. It takes one generation yeah. for everything to just be normal. That's all it takes. Right. Like we think it takes yeah. a long time. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It takes one generation of kids to think something's normal and that shit is that way. For the next however long, you know, and people are like, I just, when I, you know, not to say this in an arrogant way, I'm talking, I mean, I'll throw myself in this, but by and large, when I look at society and what we're doing, wherever I go in the world, whether it be Korea, Colombia, or the U.S., Mm. I don't see people asking the deepest questions, like, (laughs) what are we doing? Right. Yeah. Where are we going with this? What's the point Mm -hmm. of this? Like, I don't, and I feel like that's so important to ask those questions because that, those, those answers help guide everything else you know right yeah <clears throat> and I guess religion used to answer that for whole societies, right Like if you can get everyone yeah. to believe in your religion then you get everybody on the same page and we all have a similar myth that we follow
0: right <clears throat> yeah cuz our the cuz again since most people belong are in the group mentality like they haven't progressed out of that <clears throat> like then they're just gonna go along with what everyone says anyway kind of thing Um. so it's and, and because our education system does not produce, it's not designed to produce people who are free th- thinkers, right, who are questioning things. And I also think, too, with the longevity of parents, right, because that was a big like that's that was always Piaget's theory. It's like you needed a you needed a parent to die in order to finally progress through another stage of adulthood kind of thing. Like that's when he thought real adulthood started was at the death of a parent. Um, oh, wow. And I think with with parents living <laughs> so long, and like you don't have ever the chance to be, like you know, like we, it's, it's it's very it's just it's a weird it's a very strange time I think to be a, a human on the on the planet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't it, know. You know but yeah, I do. I do think there is change, and I think I, I Diana, her theory on autism, which was interesting, like the rise of autism, like is that just our brain and nature? Getting used to not having humans, not needing humans to interact with, because that's one of the the, mm-hmm. the things of autism is like you don't see social cues. And is that a result of our generation watching so much TV? <coughs> you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. and like nature just going, oh, okay, like humans aren't a big deal anymore. So let's try this stuff out, see if it works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because that's that's what that that's not those aren't mistakes. You know, it's it's nature trying something. It's our mm-hmm. it's our so that comes from somewhere. So is that because like you know like you said in our childhood like I played a lot but I probably watched way too much TV. You know, that was I'm sure I watched too much TV. Um so that mm-hmm. was that probably held me back on some level for a long time is the amount of TV I watched. Mm-hmm. Um so you know it's, it's 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 we we are not very thoughtful a lot of people you just you just wake up and do the thing and you don't think about it and when you do that I think you just get sucked into Things and then and then it's like you said it's normal and so if it's normal it's normal and you're not going to question it and and you just live on. So I you know I just keep throwing a lot of stuff. We hadn't talked in a while, so just
1: if we're more consistent, maybe we won't just have these like brain dumps. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Here's um, forty
0: five points I wanted to make. Yes. Right,
1: right. Well, you know, my last semester was the most challenging year of teaching. Okay. that i can that i can remember now yeah. granted maybe it was that hard when i started i can't remember mm. but it's not in my conscious memory like i don't i don't remember having those feelings uh-huh. I know mean, this has been so hard and it is it it's given me these existential questions where it's like what am i doing what are we doing right. is this right you know it's yeah. not right no the answer i can tell you that no it's not right you know <laughs> what i mean yeah yeah because you know with those kids i was telling you like i'll do this from time to time but I just gave them a thing where I said school is, and they finish it. I don't give it a, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. try to make it negative or positive, And they were overwhelmingly negative and mm-hmm. they were saying school is a prison essentially. And you know, these uh-huh. were, that's why I said they want choice and freedom and things like that. But, yeah. but also my kids, you know, and I like them. So I'm not saying this against them necessarily, but that's why I don't think they have any attention span. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's, that's, those are the differences that I'm seeing. And it's like, if I'm not entertaining them as a teacher, I'm failing. And yep. I, and I'm losing them. Like, and maybe it yep. shouldn't be that way, but that's just, that's the reality. If I don't, if I'm not entertaining them.
0: Right. Well, that we've, we've convinced <laughs> them that learning needs to be fun and they need to be doing fun things in order, like games and things to like, and that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's bullshit. Learning is hard. You have to work hard mm-hmm. at it. Like you, it's not easy mm-hmm. and it's, and sometimes it's not fun. It's not, you know, I don't, Oh, I, you know, I, I like to read. Sometimes I don't want to, but I know it's good for me. So I'm going to do it. And now I'm taking notes. It's kind of a pain in the ass because I could just Mm -hmm. be reading and, you know, that could be enough, but I want to be better at it. So now I have to uh, stop and actively recall. So it's, it's, Mm -hmm. but I see the payoff. But it's not like Mm -hmm. at the time I'm like, oh, I'm having so much fun learning and actively recall. Like it's kind (laughs) of a pain in the ass. (laughs) But I, but
1: I believe in it, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, And then I often, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, I, like, I agree with that. But at the same time, I also don't think kids should have to go to school and be bored for eight hours. No, 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 they shouldn't. But there should be choice.
0: But they also need to learn how to focus on something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that it, it is, you know, learning anything is useful. I don't, I'm putting, uh, I'll put quotes around the, the anything word, obviously. But sure. you never know when you need what you learn, ever. Mm -hmm. and learning something just makes your brain better you can have connections and who knows what you can can do Mm -hmm. um and so we just need to do a better job of like again going away from the idea of making learning fun all the time to like learning is important like it's good to learn and sometimes sometimes you just got to (laughs) do
1: Like in the military, shut up and color. Sometimes you just gotta shut up and color. That's all I gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> see, those are the see, I don't. Those are the questions. Those are the answers I don't have when I ask myself that. I'm, i wonder if I'm correct or not. Because yeah, I've wondered if if there's a, is there like a way of judo teaching. You know, like judo, they use their own okay other person's force against them kind of mm-hmm. like. Is there a way yeah. to harness one? Because I don't know anything about Montessori and and all those early childhood. Theories, but it's yeah. essentially helping a kid find their own mm-hmm. intuitive path, right? Yeah. No, I think there's some, you're like Yeah. That's yeah. That's it. Because
0: <clears throat> well, then they want it, and then they'll listen to you. Because mm-hmm. that's where, like, you when you've talked about when, like, when you did high school, and then kids knew you played football, and then all of a sudden now, oh, now I'm going to listen to you because mm-hmm. you're you you're doing something I want to do, mm-hmm. and it's just that's why I mean I think I would mentioned them or maybe written about this. I would like us. I would like our the name teacher to be like the profession like the name of it to be changed to something Mm -hmm. else because i I don't think there's many kids who are like ooh, i want to i want to teach do you know what i mean but if like you're the lead learner ooh, okay maybe i do want to learn maybe i'll listen to you more about learning and Mm -hmm. and where you're we're more generalized in the sense of we're teaching about the brain and learning as -hmm. opposed to content stuck Mm -hmm. you know because i think in like that and that's the thing i think that's that's the interesting that that's fascinates me is that what is enough learning you know what is just enough because we're probably doing too much and it's not learning and some kids are actually learning i I don't know it's all it's but i I think that's the mystery and that's the important problem to kind of keep looking at and keep working on um because it's you know kids are different paths they're all going to be different and I was reading something where direct instruction is actually, like, really bad.
1: <laughs>
0: but I think it's only really bad when you're trying to do it to kids who don't care. Uh-huh. Like, if you're trying to directly instruct someone and teaching them that way and they have no interest in what you're saying, like, it's just, it's a moot. You just can't, you can't do anything. So it's not going to mm-hmm. do it. So
1: that's about what we do. I, I direct instruct all the time to a bunch of kids yeah. who don't care. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, because it's too, it's funny because, you know, the most meaningful education, that I feel like I had was university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm, I apologize to every teacher I had between grade one and 12 because (laughs) they gave me so much. I'm sure that I just don't even recall because as an adolescent. You don't even care. like, you're Mm -hmm. concerned about other things. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, the university system is not anywhere near ideal. They're the worst teachers in the world. But how I sat through some lectures that were just life changing at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, that's, that's why it's like, it's, like when we are when you talk
0: about student centered and you shouldn't lecture, well, but no, sometimes you should lecture. Sometimes lectures are super interesting and they're really good and you learn a lot from it. Like it's just yeah. you have to be interested in what you're doing as the teacher. Like if you're not mm-hmm. interested in it, yes, the lecture is going to be awful. And if you're just like uh, uh, like whatever, but lecturing is fine, especially if the kids are interested and they want to know. That's a great way to teach, right? Sure. So it's 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 like you said. It's like we we get too caught up in the student centered thing and. And kind of, I think people lose track of who they are as a teacher and, and what they're
1: doing. Kind of. Well, it's just the opinions I'm swinging back and forth, right? Yeah. Like you've got the typical worst case scenario, which is like, I love, have you seen the, yeah, I know you know the song, We Don't Need No Education, but have uh, you ever seen yeah. the video? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah.
0: God, that's good. a huge factory. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, and it, it's just like so far ahead of its time with the factory thing and all that. Yeah. yeah. So obviously that's where the student-centered push came from because it was mm-hmm. the exact opposite of that, right? Yeah. And then... Yeah. We just can. not we just, it's so hard to find balance. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, for me, like something that you and I've talked about, like something that seems so clear is that the size of the organization is so important. And like yeah. once it gets past the, the threshold, it just becomes so yeah. difficult to really do something in a meaningful human way. Right. Because you just become another piece or cog in the wheel. And it's so hard to even, you know, even if you're just staffing a school, that has got 1500 kids. What's mm-hmm. the chances you're going to have everyone on the same philosophical page? What's the chances you're going right. to, oh, everyone's going to be clear about what we're doing and why we're doing it, yeah, and how we do it? The answer is it's not going to happen, like, right? And chances. especially,
0: especially if you don't do anything about it <coughs> as the school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know what I mean? If you don't, if you're not purposeful in challenging beliefs and getting your teachers to believe in what you believe in, and you're not trying or checking in with that, then you have no chance. Like mm-hmm. there's, like that's entropy, right? Like if you're not focused and putting energy into that thing, then most likely it will tumble into chaos and then if your workers, if the pe- if your teachers are more interested in their peer group than they are your institution then now again like I said then they they're more interested in fitting in with the other teachers and so then you have to you run you have to get very lucky that the teachers their philosoph philosophy is to work hard and be learners and to love their kids. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because if, the, if that's the thing that ma- happens magically, then you're fine. But if it's, I'm more interested in traveling and what I want, and, you know, it's, imp- you know, I need my break time so I can go do my laps and, like, how mm-hmm. dare you want me to work <laughs> <laughs> outside of school? I need mm-hmm. balance. I need balance. Mm-hmm. A lot of balance people need. I don't, <laughs> fuck, fuck
1: balance. <laughs> um, what, tell, me, tell me where you're going. Cause, you know, like, for years I've been on that, the, the uh, balancing.
0: No, just my my personal thing is, I love my life outside of school. I love my family,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I love to teach. Um, and I love education, and I will talk ad nauseum about ideas. and And again, I I, I don't just look at ideas within schools. I love ideas, and I'll talk to, about that stuff. And I love that, mm-hmm. and that gives me energy. and doesn't wear me out, so I could do that all day. Like it doesn't. And I, I was reading this mm-hmm. book about football coaches. Uh, it's called gridiron genius and it was like uh nick saban and bill belichick the only thing they talk about with each other is football like the they had this like dinner together with this other guy and nick saban's like my wife's not gonna be there so they're all like yes (laughs) because they're so (laughs) obsessed with football right and that's all they Uh want to talk about and like their wives Mm -hmm. give them crap like don't you talk about anything else like no no (laughs) Mm because you know we love that and that's what drives us that's a passion so i think that's that's the key is like you if if as a person, as a worker, as a person in a career, if you don't get that from your job, then you're not going to have, then, then yes, you, I think what disguises that is this idea of balance. Like I need my time because then you, your time, you're doing stuff that interests you because your job doesn't That's, really interest yeah. you. That, yeah, you know, I'm with so you. Okay, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. so you need to have a profession in which it, it, you get energy from it and it, and you care about it and it cares about you. Um, yeah. And if you don't have that, then you don't have balance because... Because mm-hmm. the job is that's that's a lot. It's a lot
1: of your time.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. and that's one of the beautiful things about teaching is like it is a lot of your time, but we also
1: get half the year off. So I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you don't get gigs like that anywhere. <laughs> well, see, that's that's the part of taking the sabbatical, right? Like that's what I'm yeah. saying. I've obviously forgotten how good I've got it. You know. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's but something the institution is that- important.
0: The institution you're at is important, and if it doesn't align with who you are as a person, that will wear you out hmm it will because mm-hmm. culture eats strategy for breakfast as they say the culture oh, always wins a good and I think reflecting on myself I think one of the things that I've realized is I identify more with the kids I think and that's what helps me to persevere
1: mm-hmm.
0: instead of so like that's why maybe that if the if if at times the culture of the teachers are negative you know what i mean like it's not a healthy culture or like mm-hmm. their belief system might not align with mine i'm i i belong more to the students i guess in my head so then i'm it's okay do you know does that make mm-hmm. sense so that's how i'm able to kind of stay sane and not get worn out
1: mm-hmm. and not
0: change myself as a teacher and like mm-hmm. uh do different things
1: well there's this i don't know if this is what you meant but i find myself identifying with the kids all the time because they're it's weird that I am a teacher because I don't like institutions. And that's where I <laughs> identify with the kids. And they're like, this sucks. And I'm like, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. That's why you're there. You're there yeah. to usurp the institution uh-huh. or to, well, to, I, to change it. I've always been, yeah, I suppose. But see, that's the thing. And I think this is why I'm struggling too, is I don't believe yeah. I'm really going to change something. Right. But you have you can change your classroom. So at least you can see that. And I do believe that. I do right. believe
0: that. <clears throat> and if yeah. we can get and if we can get adults to develop then all of them will want to change their classrooms
1: but you know did you watch the college football national championship you know i didn't i
0: I, I i didn't
1: i i have kids now so i go to bed i just i'm like yeah, i'll just see what the score is tomorrow well i'm going to let me let me, let me Clemson, rant on this though. for a second go Clemson. yeah here's the point because i'm going to rant and i'm going to lose my point the point i wanted yeah. to get at was why can't we create a school staff the way that a coach creates a coaching staff. So don't let me forget. This is where I'm going. Okay. okay? All right. Yeah. But on a side note, mm-hmm. man, religion is something that's in your bones. Like you uh-huh. don't like. The, my favorite novel is a novel called Wise Blood, and it's about this. Okay. It's a very Southern Gothic novel written by mm-hmm. Flannery O'Connor, and it's about this guy named Hazel Motes, and he is, he is dead set on convincing himself and everybody that he does not believe in Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So he starts to the holy church of Christ without Jesus. And, Uh you know, it's a very absurd book, right? (laughs) It's kind of tongue in cheek. Uh And and the point that it's getting at, you know, and this is kind of why it fascinated me. Like her point was that Southerners as as a culture, it's in their blood and Mm -hmm. you can act like you don't believe, but you can't help it. It's there and you can lie to yourself all you want. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel with Clemson football. Like I went through years where, I was finally done with it, and I didn't care, and I was and I felt so liberated. Right. But once Clemson started making it to national championships, it's like right. I have no choice. You have No choice. Like, None. What are we What are we talking about here? Like, I'm, I have to watch this, and I mean, I'm in pieces. Like, right. I am literally at times like it's embarrassing to yes. me to yeah. watch the 18 year old kid play quarterback at, on this stage <laughs> and just be like, yeah, it's just a game, whatever, and just be right. totally calm. Yeah. And I'm a 33 year old man sitting in Costa Rica <laughs> watching. And I'm in pieces, you know what right. I mean? like,
0: yeah,
1: what's going on with me? like the, so something I can't deny that i'm a, i'm a I'm a drug addict with this, like this yeah. is something that is beyond me, yeah, that was interesting, but anyway, with that being said, you know as you and I talk, and it makes me wonder why can't people create small learning communities like why uh-huh. is that not a paradigm? Like look at this guy Davo Sweeney, like whether you agree with him or not, he's a very religious mm-hmm. guy, you know, but the, okay. the reason I'm using him as an example is because. His whole program, so to speak, is mm-hmm. built on those values, and the people he mm-hmm. brings in mm-hmm. align with that on some level. Now that you know, I don't, I don't think he's—I don't think he's fanatical in that way. But right. I'm just saying, like, they all are clear in what their objective is, and it's not to win national championships. Their mm-hmm. objective is to create good men. Okay, all right. And byproducts of that are national championships sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why can't we do that? As you know, I yeah no I yeah I don't know. But, and how big is a football team? You, you you said the number is one hundred and fifty or one hundred and eighty. A right. college football team is about probably that. around there. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's kind of my hope for the future. Is we, as people, understand we're connected to everyone, right? So you, because so you remove the um, like hate and like, like you know that that stuff where or like prejudice. Like if you understand, like you know, that's like that you're connected with everyone, and that you know. If I lived your life and and had your parents I would be you and like you understand people and you you don't judge them You just accept them if we could ever get to that part Then what would be cool is to become smaller communities like where you You know are just that group of 150 and like you we are living in a world where we can make our own chairs and stuff and like, you know, like you don't have to worry about consume like Mm -hmm. Making money and profit and stuff because you're able to take care of yourselves um, But you're not in a day because the danger with that is you like or with home education or like I said earlier Why am I not in charge of educating my own child? Well, yeah, maybe I should be but not everyone should (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, there are some beliefs and ideas that should not that need to go away, you know, and you if you are like a white supremacist, I don't really want you Telling your kid what to believe, (laughs) yeah, you know, or any sort of supremacist. Well, see, that's Um, that's the
1: other side of the coin, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's just because, just because I know I'm right, you know, I should be able to teach my kid. Well, everyone thinks they're right, you know. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, but, but how can we possibly get there as a society with the institution of education that we have right now? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think we can. Well, I just think it's antiquated, and I think it's
1: serving needs that we don't want to be honest about. We don't want to be honest and say, well we now live in a consumer society where both parents have to work mm-hmm. realistically yep. and we are kind of a babysitter. Now that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we should be babysitting. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't make learning happen, right? but we have to have an eight hour school day now. Like our society is built on this and we don't really have an answer. Well, that's mm-hmm. messed up because that's not set that wears on my spirit as well, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm just an idealistic person and it's hard for me not to believe in what I'm doing. It's hard for me to, mm-hmm. How can I express this? Like institutions have their propaganda, their what do you call it? Their I don't know. It's the speech that you hear, like the thing that you mm-hmm. say all the time, mm-hmm. but then the reality mm-hmm. doesn't quite match up to it. You know? <laughs> right. Yes. As in other words, like a good example would be, well, we're here to to like educate kids, and that is absolutely true. Mm. But we're also there because we have to have somewhere to put these kids for eight hours, which is yeah. also absolutely true.
0: Right. Right, and, and and we don't we don't want to acknowledge the reality of our situation,
1: yeah, and and I'm still and you know, as a teacher, I'm still growing from the way that I was educated and the mm. what my institution expects of me everywhere i go and 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 because, for example, I was taught a good teacher will fill that the instruction time to the end. If a kid right. finishes early, you've got extension work for <laughs> right it. You and I did that it. well, yes. I did that well, you know. Yeah. And yep. now at 33, I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> right. if, if I finish my work as a teacher and you as my <laughs> right. administrator give me more shit, I'm going to be like, man, fuck you. Like, what are you right. doing? Like, right. that's not respectful to me as a person. You know what no. I mean? No. And what we're really no. talking about when you say fill the instructional time is crowd control. That's what you're yeah. really talking yeah. about. Yeah. And that's just hard, man. Especially like in, mm. in this particular context, I've got hour and a half classes. Like grade six kids have an hour yeah. and a half in the same classroom. And I need to fill that with instruction to the end yeah, that's not no. even being respectful to the kid as a person no let's no.
0: uh-huh. well, see Ugh. with your kids it should be uh, just so you know if you wanted to do the focus diffuse time 25 minutes of focus
1: what do you should do be
0: to- able to huh
1: In other words, 25 of like this is when you do your work 25 minutes or if you're doing a mini a lecture or something 25 Uh
0: and then after 25 minutes you stop and then for five minutes they do whatever they can talk to each other Whatever play video Mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. and Then you come back another 25 minutes and then five minute break It's even it's better for our brain because then if our brain goes into something called diffuse mode And if it's it's actually still thinking about stuff uh-huh. And it's making connections for us without us thinking about it. And that's when we, oh, real right. learning happens.
1: That, that, that went so fast. I got to really absorb that. Sorry. that one more time okay. like,
0: so during focus time, your brain is like, it's, it's only using a little part of it. And like, you're trying to build that knowledge, like right there. And then mm-hmm. when you go into diffuse time, whatever you were just focused on kind of goes everywhere in your brain and your brain naturally forms connections with it and okay. will still be thinking about it. So like, if you're working on a, that's why so many. Realizations happen when you're on vacation or you're walking around not thinking about the problem you that you like have because yeah, your brain up. is still it's still churning it. Uh-huh. So, like a good do thing to do as a student is there's a great book. It's called uh, Learning How to Learn. Great, uh-huh. it's written for for kids. Like you should have all of your students read it. It's very okay. readable, um, and it's it's excellent. And it really goes in the brain mechanics and the and 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 the the chemistry and stuff. It's it's super super useful and like how to learn things and like how I don't, I'm going to go way off here. Well, bring Sorry. me back what the hell was i talking about so no, no so then that's so <laughs> it, you're if you're working on a hard problem like a math problem or like you're writing an essay um and you're really stumped on something if you just stop and you do something else for a little bit your brain will probably figure it out so when you go back to it you're like oh okay yeah this is easy um so it's really important to give
1: kids that those breaks throughout the day so, so their I brain is healthy so how do you? You are talking about the focus time versus the infused time. How do the how do you do that in your yeah, class? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: what I try to do is, so I I limit it to ten minutes because they're ten. So you think about like these like kindergartens where they're like sitting learn. Just <laughs> is crazy. Anyway, so they're so like I do a ten minute mini lesson. So one thing I do and I do really well at is I shut up after ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I have I understand that I don't I need to do as the small amount of talking as possible. Um, and so 10 minutes is over. I'm very good at my own mini lessons like I've, I've got that down because some teachers will just talk for like 25, 30 minutes because they feel like they have to, you know like we've been we've been taught that that's that's what you have to do. Uh-huh. Um, and so 10 minutes, so then they have five minutes to kind of reflect on their learning, actively engage with it. That's another thing, like the whole idea of rereading books and rereading your notes is is not a good way to learn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's actually you have to try and actively recall what the information was and then look at your notes. and Uh go, Oh, have I learned? Because if you just look at your notes, you're like, oh, yeah, I totally know this. And you you don't. You don't. You can pass the test, but you haven't learned anything. Uh Um, So then I give them time to kind of actively think about it or they set themselves up or they can have social time and talk to each other for the five minutes. And then we go into 10 minutes of independent work, like focused work. And then they get five minutes, maybe if they want to play a video game or watch a YouTube video or whatever, they can do that. And then we do another 10 minutes of work. And then we do five minutes of like social sharing, what your learning was, and then we take a 15-minute break where they go outside. Um, and I and I guarantee you I get more learning out of that than than the teachers who do <clears throat> 60 minutes, like I bet teachers who have 60 minutes of silent work. Mm-hmm. I, get, I, I have no data <laughs> on this and it could just be my own bias, you know, but mm-hmm. I would guarantee that there's probably more learning happening in my room mm-hmm. and the kids are retaining more, like they're actually learning it. Whereas mm-hmm. it's not the illusion of learning, which that was the term I read and just like, that's what I think our whole system is based on is the illusion of learning, mm-hmm. which is really sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um I think they're really taking things with them. And so I try to, I try to, you know, implement things to, to, ch- you know, it's still my responsibility. I, I have them write things down and I look, you know, that's, and that's the other thing like, uh, I've been thinking about is return on investment. So like, what is the most important thing you can do with your time as a teacher, uh-huh. you know, and make sure you're doing that a lot. So like, like what feedback, right? So I have to look at their work. Like that's mo- me reading. Their writing is way more important than me planning a lesson. Okay. Because if, if I'm if I'm only just planning the lesson without looking at their work Like I'm 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 not respecting them at all right. They're just because that's the problem with again I'm going well that's the problem with programs Like a like a, do you do you have to do a, like you have this textbook and it tells you what to teach or like you You get this teacher manual and it has 180 days worth of lessons Well, uh-huh. why does it have 180 days worth of lessons? Because there's 180 days of school. And why are there 180 days of school? Well, because we were agriculturalists and that mm-hmm. was what we decided because we needed their kids out of the house for 180 days and then back so they could do other stuff. Like, uh-huh. So it's not because it's the best thing for kids. That's not any program out there that you have to use that you have to be. There's 180 lessons in is bullshit
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: because the only reason it has that is because they need to sell it and the, because because all the schools have to fill their days with with shit. So uh-huh. so it's all just, it's all crazy. It's just, it's like you, once you open the one layer, like it really gets messy. Like it's just the, so the sausage
1: making is ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah. You know, what I want to do with you at some point, which we've been yeah. talking about for two years now is like, I'd really like to start to hash out because I think it would help me in my practice and, and how I raise mm-hmm. my children even. What would this school look like if we were to okay. put together, if we were to put together a community. yeah. How do you fund it? What does it look like? How many people yep. are in it? How does it operate? What is the physical space like? Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: What are our philosophies? How did, how, what's is, what is the, how ought it to evolve? Like what would be the protocol by which it, by which it could right. evolve? How do you retain yep. teachers? How do you, or uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, these are just all the questions that I have because you know that I always go back to Jordan Peterson. One thing that he says is you should wake up. He's like, everyone's obsessed with their rights. And I got mm-hmm. and it made me, it put me in the mirror immediately. And I was like, damn, <laughs> he's like, No one talks about responsibility. And I know that's kind of a more conservative Mm. way of looking at it, but I just had not, you know, he's like, it's just such, he said that's kind of an insidious pathological way of thinking to constantly be thinking about what you're owed. Mm -hmm. And there's historical reasons for that, obviously. Some people, obviously we have extremely disenfranchised (laughs) groups in in every society (laughs) that needs to say, where are my rights? You know what I mean? And even just as a human, you're subjecting yourself to subjugation in a social system because Mm. that's how we exist now. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's obviously room to ask about rights, but responsibility. And so one thing that he said was, what's the most good, like if you take your life seriously, and these are these big questions mm-hmm. I'm talking about, like, why are mm-hmm. you here and what are you going to do and what's your legacy going to be and yeah. et cetera, what's the most good you can do? Yeah. yeah. And what he said was, what's the heaviest thing you can pick up and carry? Like yeah. in other words, yeah. if it was me and you, um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we're in a, like a, you know, hunter gatherer situation and we gotta walk from this mountain to that mountain and we gotta pack our shit up and move. What's the heaviest right. thing you can carry, Ben? Because right. yeah. Angela can't carry it. I mean right. you gotta pick yeah. up something heavier. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All that being said, what is like what's the most good that I could do with my expertise as a teacher? Mm-hmm. And and part of it makes me wonder, well maybe I could really you know, I, I constantly talk about what which should be different, but I've never sat down and and really hashed out what this would look like. Yeah. And Maybe that's the I, most good I could do. I'm um, all in. I'm in. I'm in for it. Well, you Sorry. are like you 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 you've got a PhD already. I, you need to just turn this stuff <laughs> in and get your PhD. You're like I don't know what you're waiting on. <laughs> don't, don't yeah, but don't get me started on licenses and labels. So just
0: <laughs> 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 I just think it's funny I like, get paid for a master's that I don't use. So it's just uh, fine. Why don't you use it? Well, like the knowledge from it like i don't really the practice and stuff that i learned like oh, okay. it changed me you know what i mean like the the stuff i learned now is just because i learned it like just because mm-hmm. i'm interested and i read and like yeah I, i'm way more of a learner now than i was when i was getting my masters mm-hmm. you know i was a I was a complete waster of time mm-hmm. and that's that's what i realized now having kids it was like jesus mm-hmm. just the amount of wasted time that i could have been doing something important like you were saying or like responsible or like lifting a heavy load i was I was freeloading man <laughs> I was freelo- so it's I that was that's one of the blessings of children for me is it's really I've really been very fortunate like the military gave me a real understanding of how lucky I was as a person like just the privilege that I had growing up and that I was not respecting and I wasn't taking advantage of um and just it gave me a real understanding of responsibility and 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 discipline and so i'm forever grateful for that and that's kind of kids have really brought that so without the institution of military in my life and without the institution of like family like those have been huge institutions for me that have really helped me as a on my path and then it, it probably you know yeah so uh, that but yes i i'm I uh, oh you because you said I should have a PhD. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yes, no, I, I want to hash out the the ideas um, and see what it means to implement them too mm-hmm. on some level. Because now, like Diana, one of her ideas is to make like if it was in Colombia, you make it a hacienda. So, mm-hmm. like one of the ideas would be like de- depending on the country and culture you're in, you would want the school <laughs> or the the barn to have like a piece of the society within it. Absolutely, right? like yeah. a, like an acknowledgement of the past and. And everything. So, and we would have uh beans like every day, the free whole life.
1: Cause then my daughter would eat. She doesn't eat any it anymore. <laughs> sorry. So, tan. I've, I've got to, like, I got to share this with you too. Yeah. Cause, you know, like something that seems so clear is that, you know, cause thinking about like the way we're made, the way our brains are set up, like this, mm-hmm. the school has to be familial, tribal, humanistic. Yes. That's that's what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked my school in Korea. Like, it was such a blessing to mm. work with those people and that philosophy. Like it was great. But even mm-hmm. me, I don't know if I told you this, but maybe I did. But um, it was just this moment where it was at the end of my two years. It was right at, mm. right, it was last year. It was probably around May. And I had to run to the bank. And you could, uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of a city. So I right. could just pedal. I would just leave campus and pedal to the bank. Mm. Then my sense of freedom, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. School's not over yeah. to like 3 30. Right. Just the fact that I got to get off campus, I like, didn't feel like I was out of prison. <laughs> right. yeah. Now think of that. Yeah. Yeah. What is going on, man? Like there right. is something cause I, you know, maybe this is just my personal, maybe I've just been doing this for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I need a little break, but I mm-hmm. feel just being at that place every day in that mm-hmm. setting. I don't know. And I I didn't feel that in college. Like that's what I'm, I'm always trying to look back right. and be like, what's the difference? Why is university mm-hmm. different? Yeah. Well, there's a lot more freedom. Other school right? settings. Well, yeah. it definitely is freedom because it's definitely yeah. because you couldn't find a more antiquated, like college is simultaneously the cutting edge of of research mm-hmm. and the oldest, most backwards way of teaching you can possibly <laughs> right. yes. Yes. get to. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but that's you know, there, there's that like the fact that mm-hmm. I'm a teacher and I'm feeling like oh, I'm out of school. Like I'm out. Right. Like yeah. I don't want to feel that way. I don't. I don't want my kids to feel. That. I don't want anyone's kids to feel that way. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, you want them to, to feel like they're home when they're
0: at the the school, because mm-hmm. and then then that's what you hear a lot, especially like with child protection and stuff, and it's like like the relationship, like we're not their family, like that's something you hear. like I've heard a lot coming from superiors is like you know you're not their dad or you're not like not they don't tell me I don't sit they don't sit down and tell me this stuff, but just like giving mm-hmm. those speeches to the the staff and everything like we're not family, and I'm like, mm-hmm. but maybe we should be. Maybe maybe that's what we need specifically now because the family has become so decentralized Maybe school needs to adopt more of a family kind of atmosphere thing because then Or whatever that would look like so that I I, I really I hear you on that and I a hundred percent
1: agree with with that hmm, just a lot of emotional ranting nothing. Yeah, nothing organized here <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good too.
0: Man, uh, I saw, no, I won't even go into the, never mind. Give it to me. <laughs> no, it was some Joe Rogan thing with the doctor guy, and he was uh, a okay. pretty interesting, pretty interesting guy. Um, but I was trying to think if there's anything else that I'd done, because we are going to have to wrap up soon. The kids are out, the reason it's been so quiet is the kids are at swimming practice. So. Okay. But they're going to be back soon, and then all well, hell will break loose.
1: <clears throat> like, <clears throat> here's another thing I've, I've thought of. Like, yeah. just where education will go, because like, what is the point of the institution,
0: uh-huh.
1: right? Um, let's just say it is purely. Let's let's go with the with what we say, which is that it's purely just to learn and to develop mm-hmm. the person, right? Mm-hmm. And everything's changing because of the internet, right? Like, mm-hmm. Uber is putting taxis out. Airbnb is knocking hotels out. Like. Right. What is going to happen with the setting of the school? Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I still believe that there is a place for us as teachers. Like, other people are like, oh, kids can just get information off the internet. And that part's true. But if you think that's what we're doing and that's it, then you are completely like, you have no, you need to ask some deeper questions, basically. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. but with that being said, I've wondered, like, since information itself, like, we're not the fount of information anymore. That's not what we do, you know? So, how could you? In a let's say we live in the same small town, for example. How could you use mm-hmm. the internet and these devices and augment that with specialists like you and I mm-hmm. to create a community of learners that don't necessarily have to be like obviously we would come in, come together, but you don't have to necessarily. Mm. I don't know, I don't have that answer, but it's almost like I've wondered like where where is th- there's gotta there's something I hate to use the word market because it sounds like a profit-driven motive, but mm-hmm. there must be some space where that has to exist out there where it's like, hey, guess what? I'm an. I've got ten years of experience. Got a master's in education. These are my. Mm-hmm. This is my philosophy of education. This is. Do you want me to teach your kids? Like I don't know. Like and, right. and then they don't go to a school necessarily, but they do have a mentor, mm-hmm. and they and you and you build a curriculum with them, and the curriculum's based purse, You know, we'll keep it like by semester. We'll keep something traditional. Right. Um, you know, that's they not. don't want to freak school. out them too much. Yeah. <clears throat> no, but I'm just wondering. You know, because like. Um, I I wonder if there's because you
0: could you could. I, I'm sure there's rules set up though, mm-hmm. you know, like the, what are the laws of the land? Because I think there are some, There, like homeschool is one thing. So could you as an educator do, a, could you call it homeschool? But it's with a bunch of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. and when you turn into a school, now you have other, responsibilities and liabilities and things that you would have to maintain, you know, like through federal government and state government stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like what, like, like the, so let me boil this down to one thing. Like, uh, like with anything, like the idea that I can't bury myself where I want, that creeps me out. Like, I would like to just be thrown in the dirt and become a tree. Like, that's right. what I want to do. But I'm not allowed to do that. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of fucked up. Like, that, yeah. why, Like I understand because the disease and stuff and like, there was a point to it but like why can't i just be buried in my backyard so my kids can like you know if they want to see me you know you know what i mean like they know where i am and now i'm a tree and hey look there's dad he's the tree now oh awesome right you know so like what are the laws that we've put in place and why have we done them and and again like things why aren't we changing them and looking at them and trying to understand where we are and like like society's different now like like you have a rule that you invented in 1810 shouldn't we look at it a fresh <laughs> and go. Uh-huh. Hmm, maybe it could be changed now. So I, I don't know. Sorry
1: for the burial thing. You know that was a little macabre. I felt the same thing. But even that's just. I was going to tell you, walk outside naked. You don't even have to do that. Just take your shirt off and walk around outside. <laughs> right? Yeah, just don't even get naked. No, <laughs> take your shirt sure. off and walk around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's no, weird. Th- yeah. You know, like we can't. <clears throat> there, there's so many deep questions that we haven't asked. Like we're, we're insane. Like we're just. We're yeah. so driven by our stories that we just aren't even, we're in the forest and can't see the trees, you know?
0: No, no. And there's not enough people asking, the qu- like you said, like, just ask why. Like, there's n- very few people ask why about anything. Because they're not taught to. I think mm-hmm. that if that's the one thing you can do. I mean, because you can, like, that's the uh, Richard Fry- Feynman, the physicist, like, he's like, if you ask why enough, it gets super interesting, like uh-huh. super. Only like five times, right? You can
1: get five whys, and you're probably like, good
0: lord, I have no idea. Or like my my (laughs) Amelia will ask me something. I'm like, Jesus, I really don't know. And like the lies we tell our kids, like sunrise, like that. That's a lie. The sun's not rising. It's not. (laughs) The earth is rotating. Yeah. But we don't, but we we want to simplify things. And then but we take the beautiful complexity out of them and we take real teaching out, just so Mm -hmm. we don't have to explain something. So so, so,
1: you'll get to enjoy this when your kid starts asking you questions. you be like, "Shit, I don't know. Let's look this up together." I was gonna, I was gonna ask you um, before we, before we end. Is there like one, one place I'm interested now? In, like, I've always felt like every time I get a degree, I'm like, I will mm-hmm. never go back to school. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I don't even like it. You know what right. I mean? I mean, yeah. granted, there's things that I do learn, and I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that. It's, I'm not. Yeah. But my, my interest now, because I'm going to have a child, are I'm re- I'm kind of interested in early childhood development, and I yes, never yes. really gave that enough attention. I'm interested mm-hmm. in Montessori and those philosophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any reading you would suggest to me? Um, I would definitely le-
0: read, like, the because with your, psycho- your psychology background, like Piaget mm-hmm. and them, um, and what Vicap, Vic- 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 Vikoski. What's the yeah. name? Viskoski? Viskoski. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've read the Yeah. So it was like super that. interesting to just, like see my kids go through the transitions that he talks about. Uh-huh. Um and then like education. I think you would need to make sure like Maria Montessori has a notebook that she has mm-hmm. that I've never read, but it's mm-hmm. on my Kindle library, which I've mm-hmm. I've found is my it's that's actually called your anti library. So it's these books that you have that you haven't read that motivate you, you know, uh-huh. that one day you'll read them. So that's my at least I have
1: it. <laughs> right. 90% of it.
0: <laughs> that's good. It's a good thing to have. Um, so that's good. Um oh, there's another one that Diana really likes. It's called uh Reggio Emilia. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's from Italy too. Montessori, uh-huh. like it's amazing. The Italians figured this out in the 40s, and we still are just can't do it. We can't seem to wrap our mind around it. Um, so that's another one to read that's super cool like that sort of education is super hard mm-hmm. it's like it's really difficult for the teachers so that's I mean you need to be really really good and really really thoughtful mm-hmm. um, but it's so awesome it's such it's such a joy to probably participate in that I would love to I've actually
1: that. I've even considered like if I end up going back to the States at some point I would probably mm-hmm. try to get a job at a Montessori school and teach yep. that, and up and be with that age group because yeah I mean, I wish I had, the, I wish I had three or four years of experience in it already. Cause now mm-hmm. how valuable would that be for me raising my child, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you
0: can experience it, you know, read about it and experience it with them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, we've accidentally did some Montessori stuff with our, with our kids here, like having the mattress on the floor. That's a mm-hmm. Montessori thing. Like, why is we that? just did that cause we were lazy. <laughs> uh-huh. But what, why is that Montessori? <laughs> I don't know. It's just that it's, uh, it's an easier way. I think for them to learn how to be in a bed. Because then, if they fall out, they it's not a big deal, kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then mirrors are important, like that they they can look at themselves and practice things. And you want to make things accessible and easy. And that's like habit building stuff too. So um, just the way we set up the toys, and we make sure we have a ton of books, and and so uh, you know, I, and we we let them do things and make decisions.
1: Mm-hmm. Those free can... range parenting yeah. techniques, you know. And then here's the, it's kind of like trusting nature, isn't it? It's like the the idea of, of, well, that's something else, but something else I've considered on a side note is, you know, talking about the institution and the school and putting such a big deal on it. People that have good parents for the most part seem Mm -hmm. like those kids end up being pretty smart and it doesn't really matter the school, does it?
0: No, it's they've actually done research on it. it's. It's all about the kid. It's almost the school has almost nothing to do with.
1: So then, what are we talking about? Like, if that's the case, then what are we even talking about? You know what I mean? It's yeah,
0: like... that's why that's why you need to make the school like one. I think this is this is something I made up, but uh, you know, someone else could have made it up before me, so I can't take all the credit. But one mm-hmm. of the things I want to do is I want to remove luck from from success and from from like being being a good person mm-hmm. and being like when I put good you know, whatever that means. Um, because I was lo- like, I went to crap schools. With apologies to my teachers; um, yeah. they weren't very good. But like, I I had solid parents, and they taught me to, to appreciate learning. And it took me a little longer. I rejected it at some point, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't because of the education I received. You yeah. know. I mean, it had something to do. I'm sure, very small, because it's just, I just happened to be lucky. You know, I was born to so in a good. You know, I I, I got lucky, uh, and I would like to remove that. You know, I don't think that I don't think that's a that's a fair system. It's not a fair system to just rely on. And then, if you look within a school, you got to be lucky to get a good teacher, right? Because I know we don't like saying that all teachers aren't great. You know, and, oh, they're great, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not. There's not. There's a lot of right. teachers who aren't very good. Um, yeah. So you have to be lucky to get a good teacher, um, and like you have to be lucky as a teacher to get a good boss. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just a lot of luck. And so I would like to remove that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know we got to go, but. <laughs> it's funny like so many I oh I just that, that would have been an arrogant statement I'm just gonna leave that one where I'm gonna go there <laughs>
0: it's good to have some arrogance it's good to have some confidence
1: um well it was, a, it was just thinking about you know kind of the damage that kids have had done to them and it's just funny yeah. some of the way the students will come to me like are you gonna take off ten points if I don't do this and I'm like <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> And then my I kids realize, are like, terrified of pretests. They're terrified of them.
0: I'm like, why? I, what? They're like, this is going to affect my grade. I'm like, shut up! What are you talking about? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Someone has made my job significantly harder now because the kids are like on edge yeah. constantly about. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, yeah. Amount un, the, uh, the amount of the the amount of the yeah, and that's
0: what sucks about having them just for a year. It's like you uh, you get them to a place where they trust and believe in what you're doing, and then it's time for them to go. Yeah. Um, and hopefully get lucky.
1: <laughs> uh, All right, my friend. All right, sir. Um, school's going to start back soon. It wasn't supposed. To, it's never supposed to be as long as it is each time. Yeah. My first semester was incredibly hard. I was in yeah. the darkness. I was drowning. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really. I didn't reach out to you as much. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, um, you know, you want to do it through, uh, but we we need to set up
1: some time to hash out the what
0: the, the dream would look
1: like well i'm sitting here taking notes like I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna strike by the iron's hot as soon as i get off here with you and just if nothing else just write down a sporadic unconnected list of just things that come to mind cool. things that started even way back in when i was living there in colombia and okay i don't know i don't know what'll come of it let's just see where it goes yeah i'll do the same okay i'll just let's do some uh set a timer
0: for 15 minutes just go nuts just all start. right uh what is that called uh What's that called? What type of writing is that? When you're just not even thinking about it? Automatic writing? Oh, yeah, something like that. Or anyway, that's I can't remember. But uh, have a wonderful day and you enjoy too, your last few days of vacation or family days or family time. Is my no today's family day. Joaquin
1: he's D- so just so cool his, now.
0: He's, why?
1: <laughs> he's
0: just because he, he's he's able to talk more now, uh-huh. and he's such a lovable kid. So just he comes in every morning. He goes, "I love you," and then he just gives you a hug and a kiss. <laughs> So, you're doing something well, then I can tell you. Right. And he's also, he has his moments of
1: where you're just like, what the hell? Like, this, this, the toddler brain is, uh, it's
0: just so confusing.
1: Anyway. Hey, one, one more thing. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you if you knew this guy. I just watched one interview with him, but some of the things that you say, he kind of says, and I do not know if uh-huh. you come across him. His name is Gabor Mate. Have you ever heard of him? No, huh? He's just, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. Okay. One thing that he Almost was saying earlier was, um, he was saying the first seven years are crucial, but really the first three years are just incredibly important. Yeah. And and he's it's, it was really interesting because he was saying it's all about just, he said it's so nonverbal. And he said it, if you had to boil it down and make it as simple as possible, it's essentially taking it and saying to let your kid know on a, in a nonverbal way with your actions, with everything mm-hmm. that you want them. And yes. you want them to be in your presence and you want them yeah. to be there. Well, that and that's what—that's the horrifying. Now you've got <laughs> of the fucking phone,
0: like <laughs> because you are no, because you are non-verbally telling your child that that you don't care about them. That's and exactly we're what we're doing I it. We're doing it all the time. Oh, uh-huh. just you're just looking at it, and it's just it's like, yeah, honey, great, and just looking at that fucking thing, and then the kids are just like, oh, I'm not important, great, thanks. I'm gonna take that to school with me, mm-hmm. and. And, and just oh so it's it's happening like you said like it's just it's oh well, but let's let's end on that note all right. No, but all right, right. Uh, oh, that's no, that's oh, I was gonna say that's a cool thing about the Reggio Emilia because they talk yeah. about the kid having a hundred languages Because I think we judge kids way too harshly on their verbal, right? That's what we, we the, that's how you classify kids especially mm-hmm. early. It's like all mm-hmm. oh, you're able to talk or not like my daughter can talk. The, I mean, she's just verbal out the wazoo. And then my son, who's only a year and a half, he, you know, he's not. So he's going to be judged way more harshly in the institution than she is because mm-hmm. she's so eloquent, you know? So mm-hmm. that's, it's just fascinating. So uh-huh. all right, well, bye. Bye, sir. Hi, brother. See you. I right, have a good one. See you. You too. Well, if you're hearing this, you made it all the way through. Um, and that is a, it's kind of an honor that you decided to spend your time listening to Cal and I chat about some ideas. Hopefully you have some ideas uh, burning through your noggin right about now. Uh, And if you do, I encourage you to go over to ideafarm.education, sign up for the learning community, and post your ideas for others to see and talk about. And we'll see you later.